This is Easy Does It Barbecue with your host, Dan McDonald, owner of Colorado Barbecue Outfitters. If you're ready to dig into some serious talk about all things barbecue, from the moo to the oink, grab a cold one and let's get down to business. Now, here's Dan McDonald. You're listening to Easy Does It Barbecue with Dan McDonald, owner and operator of Colorado Barbecue Outfitters. We call it Easy Does It Barbecue because I'm going to tell you the easiest way to do it. Today we're going to be talking about the difference between the three major ways to barbecue. And those are backyard barbecue, competition barbecue, and then restaurant barbecue. Believe it or not, all three of those are drastically different. Any of you who have tried to replicate what you've seen on TV with competition barbecue, or that you've tried to replicate your favorite restaurant, and you know how frustrating that is, I'm going to explain why that's frustrating and why you probably will not be able to do it. Let's talk about backyard barbecue first. We've got food, we've got beer, we have zero adult supervision. That's the biggest one. That's the one that we all do. That is the average American who has got his pit in the back of his yard. It could be a Weber charcoal kettle. It could be a $5,000 fancy smoker and all things in between. They could be using charcoal. They could be using an electric smoker. They could be using a wood pellet grill, or they could be using a fancy offset smoker and they're actually burning firewood for their heat and their smoke. So no matter how you do it, however you do your barbecue, if you're doing it at home, you're basically doing backyard barbecue. And again, that probably makes up 80% of the type of barbecue that everybody does. I want to point out that grilling and barbecue are two entirely different ways to cook. A lot of people will come into the store and they'll make comments like, I barbecued hamburgers. And I have to bite my lip because that's not correct. You don't necessarily barbecue. You usually grill hamburgers. Things like hot dogs, hamburgers, steaks, you're grilling those. The definition of grilling is hot and fast. You are cooking directly over heat, usually flame. And this is where gas grills really became a staple in American households since roughly about the 50s, 60s. Gas grills, their intent is to turn it on. You have instant flame. You have anywhere from low to high heat, and it is directly under your food, and you are grilling your food directly. It's very hot. It's very fast. And it's just simple science. The longer you keep it over that open flame, quicker it's going to burn. So it goes quickly. Barbecue, on the other hand, as I've said many times, is low and slow. It's indirect cooking. The heat is being applied usually to the food around it, and then we add wood for smoke. So that's typically the difference between grilling and barbecuing. Many of you have grilled many times on your grill, but for barbecuing, it has to be indirect. We usually have fire. It can be in the form of charcoal, in the form of wood pellets, or just wood burning, and it takes much longer than grilling to cook the food. There's also rotisserie, and probably some of you are out there thinking, well, Dan, where does rotisserie sit? Rotisserie can be actually fit in both scenarios of grilling and barbecue. You can, most rotisserie is done over direct heat. The theory is it's turning so that not one part of the meat is over the heat at any given length of time. So it's rotating around. The juices are dripping down onto that direct heat. And the flavor that's coming up from that, the smoke and so on, is actually adding to the overall flavor of the meat. Now, rotisserie can be done indirect, 
Many of you have gone into grocery stores and big department stores and seen large electric rotisseries where they've got a number of chickens in there, and it can be done that way. Now, that's more for commercial use. Remember, these department stores, things like that, they're catering to the masses. They are trying to get this done fairly quickly, and they want to do quite a bit of it, which is not normally what we're doing at home. You can cook for a large group of people, but generally you're cooking for your family and friends. I want to talk about brisket and how it pertains to backyard barbecue and competition. And I'm just choosing brisket as an example to talk about some of the differences between backyard barbecue and competition. Let's talk about what we're standing to gain with both backyard barbecue and competition. In backyard barbecue, we're cooking food that we are going to give to our family and friends to enjoy, and it's going to be a meal. We're going to eat probably quite a bit of that, or as much as you can fill your belly with. Get in my belly! Uh, Especially when it's really good barbecue. Competition caters to one bite. It's called the one bite wow factor. Wow! A lot of you don't realize that these competition guys are cooking for several hours. They're doing a lot of work, and all they're getting out of all of that work is a judge that takes one bite. And that is what they're judged on. So you can see the drastic difference already between backyard barbecue where you are feeding your family or yourself or your block or your friends and competition is being done, one for money, uh, hence the name competition. And generally of all their presentation, there is a judge taking one bite out of that food and that's what they're judged on. Absolutely incredible if you really think about it, all the work that goes into that one bite. Let me get back to brisket. I want to talk about some differences. Backyard barbecuers typically are going an economical route when it comes to buying their food and providing for the masses. We're not winning money generally in our backyard barbecue. Again, we're feeding other human beings with with the work that we put into it. Most of us, if you're like me, you're looking for meat on sale. Where can you find it cheap? You might have found a place that you generally like it, and you go there. For me, it's the membership clubs, Costco or Sam's. I always tell people that come into my store and they ask me, where is the best place to buy meat? And I preface my answer with these three words, for the money, Costco or Sam's. Now, we have butchers in town, a number of butchers, and those are going to be your best graded meat. Unfortunately, the best usually also means more expensive. If you have the means to go to the butchers and get your meat, then that is wonderful and more power to you. But most of us probably cannot go to butchers every single day to buy meat to feed our family. So we're going to the grocery stores. There is a restaurant supply place here in town called Shamrock Foods that I think is a wonderful place to get meat. What you have to understand about Shamrock is they don't cater to the higher grades of meat. For beef, you have Select, which is the lower grade. You have Choice, which is the medium grade and what most of us buy day to day. And then you have Prime, which is the higher grade, and that's what the competition people are looking for. And they're even going to grades above that as Angus certified, Wagyu type meats, and those can get very, very expensive. On special occasions, it might make some sense. But again, day to day, you're probably just going to your typical grocery store or wherever you can find it. Competition, on the other hand, a lot of these people are actually ordering their meat 
from other locations outside the state. There are several places around the country that specialize in very high-end expensive meat. It has different fat contents. The animals were raised quite differently than they are for the mass consumption that you see in the grocery stores. They may be treated differently. They may have a different diet, and that generates all different muscle tissue and fat content in the meat. Remember, competition people, again, are going for that one-bite wow And so they have to get the best of the best. Now, that doesn't mean all of them do that. Some of the competition people that are just starting out do not have the financial means to pay for that meat. So they're buying it at the same place as you and I are and using special tips and tricks and secrets so that they can get that one bite wow that they're looking for from the judge. Choice and prime, I mentioned, getting back to brisket or beef, are going to be your main grades that people usually go for. Select is not generally out there. If select is being offered, it's usually being offered on a mass-produced scale. Maybe things like cafeterias and stuff like that where they're feeding massive amounts of people. So they're going more for just quantity than quality sometimes. We're going to be buying, I think I mentioned, Choice or Prime. And uh, the Prime briskets, for example, they can be up there in the anywhere from $75 for a brisket and higher. You can get sales on briskets and so on. And that's what, quite frankly, I do. I look for sales. I follow the King Supers weekly ads. I follow the Safeway weekly ads. I follow Costco and Sam's weekly ads, and when I see meat that goes on sale, I go snatch it up. Competition people, once they make their way in the competition world, and by that I mean once they've got a few wins under their belt, sponsors will start taking notice of them. When their name is called in that competition more than one time, then it starts to behoove sponsors like meat companies cattle ranchers, things like that, to provide the meat for them because that's going to be free advertising for them, basically. And they'll be able to use that win for marketing purposes, just like the competition team can do. Many of the more popular barbecuers that you hear on TV, like Myron Mixon, Harry Sue, Johnny Trigg, and so on, a lot of these guys don't even pay for much of what they do in their competition. They've made a name for themselves. Now understand, they've been doing this for decades. So I'm not saying they haven't paid their dues. They certainly did, just like some of the uh, lesser known teams. But once they did and started getting numerous wins and their names were being called, and these are household names now on some of the barbecue reality shows, you'll see them A lot of their materials provided for them, things like their fuel, their charcoal, their wood, things like that. And then in turn, they're lending their name to that company uh, that's sponsoring them for basically free advertising. So once again, we're not doing this in backyard. Very few of us in backyard barbecue is having royal charcoal give us free bags of charcoal so we can cook for our cul-de-sac. So very different. As I said, backyards usually for friends and family, although some of my customers at the store tell me about friendly competitions they do, and I think those are a lot of fun. They don't usually get too carried away with the competition part. They're a lot of fun to do with friends. Uh, You can have family judge your meats for you, and it's going to be nothing like competition. One thing I want to point out with competition, speaking of judges, is These judges are professionally trained. These are not people that just come off the street that love barbecue. They're actually going to classes and paying good money to attend classes on what to look for when they're taking that one bite of barbecue. A lot of competition barbecue is graded on appearance. 
Now, yeah, we all like to pull that beautifully glazed rack of ribs off of our smoker, and a lot of us are very proud of how our brisket looks when it when it comes out of that wrap. We like that beautiful caramel color to our poultry when it comes off. But for the most part, we're going to tear into it and eat it. In competition, they put a lot of emphasis on appearance. After they cook that 17-pound brisket, they may only present a handful of slices of that entire brisket. They'll put it in a styrofoam clamshell. They'll decorate it with kale, believe it or not, and then they'll align their brisket slices very beautifully in the clamshell. Now, a lot of you are probably asking, like I did years ago, what does that have to do with barbecue? Well, that again is the difference between competition barbecue, where you are cooking barbecue for money, and backyard barbecue, where you're cooking barbecue just for sustenance. Competition barbecue can be very stressful for the teams. There are competitions right here in the state of Colorado that can have as many as 30, 40, and more teams competing against each other in the larger meats. And by those, I mean brisket, poultry or chicken, ribs of some kind, usually pork ribs. And most of the time, they'll get spare ribs that they use for competition versus the baby back ribs. It's a very competitive field in competition barbecue. A lot of secrets are held closely. Most of those teams have little secrets and things they're doing behind the scenes. They might have their own injection that they created and they're injecting into the meat that no one else knows about. They might have their own sauce that they've made. Believe it or not, one of the most popular bases for barbecue sauce has to do with two types of sauce that's sold over the counter out on the market. One is called Head Country, and Colorado Barbecue Outfitters sells both of these sauces, of course. One is called Head Country Barbecue Sauce out of Oklahoma, and the other is called Blues Hog Original. Blues Hog Original has a very sweet profile, whereas Head Country has a very savory profile. I've had a number of competition teams tell me that their sauce is made from a base of a 50-50 mixture of those two barbecue sauces. If you haven't tried it, get into the store and pick some up. It's a wonderful combination of sauces. Now, of course, they're not just relying on that. They're adding their flair. They're adding special spices and things they have tested in their own kitchen Uh, on friends and family as well as themselves. They know what the judges are looking for. Competition, unlike backyard barbecue, does not experiment much. Most of us, when we do backyard barbecue, we'll do the same types of procedures that we follow once we like something, but most of us would like to experiment. We like to try different rubs. We like to try different sauces. We like to take our rubs in our shelves and cupboards and mix them up, at least I do. When I get down to six bottles and I only have a very small amount of rub, I'm a little too cheap to throw them out. I like to start mixing my rubs. And I use common sense. There are certain things that go well together. And I just know through my years of testing them. But it's fun to mix rubs. One of the things that I have to implore to everyone, competition teams do this already. I don't need to tell them. But you backyard barbecuers, you need to take notes. I cannot implore you enough how important that is. A lot of people laugh and think that's a little nerdy to take notes on your cooks. You're thinking, well, Dan's telling me to take notes because if I have a failure, I'll not do that again. 
I actually am telling you to take notes because there's nothing more frustrating than having the most perfect brisket you've ever made come out and you can't quite remember what you did to duplicate it. It's happened to me several times. I sell a book called The Barbecue Journal that was actually created by a local man right here, right up in Denver here in our own state of Colorado. And it's just page after page of notes that you take down. Believe it or not, there's things people don't think about. When we talk about backyard barbecue, as I said, it's very important to write down everything you do. Competition people have been doing this for years and they continue to do it, even if they've mastered their way. In barbecue, there are many variables that affect that cook. First of all, what kind of smoker are you using? That's probably number one. What is the weather like outside? The ambient temperature outside can have an effect on your cook. There's one very big one that us Coloradoans have to put up with that many other states don't, and that's altitude. It is a lot different to cook outside at 6,000 feet above sea level than it does at sea level. I grew up in Michigan. It's about as sea level as you can get there. And I noticed when we moved here to Colorado, it was a rough first year for us. And finally dawned on us that when you're 6,000 feet up, water boils at a lower temperature and things just food cooks differently. Any of you bakers out there know you have to add some things to your regular Uh, ingredients in order to get that that cake just right. It's the same for us backyard barbecuers. So once again, I cannot implore enough, take notes. Write down, what is the temperature like outside? Was it cold? Was it warm? Take into account your elevation. Our elevation just right here in El Paso County changes. Black Forest, I believe, is higher than the Valley of Colorado Springs. We've got some outlying areas that are lower, and then we've got some areas that are higher, and that can make a difference. We're not looking in backyard barbecue for, for necessarily for presentation. Again, we're just looking for some good food that tastes good. I want to talk about trimming. We were talking about brisket. So the first thing is that my point was is where you get your food. Competition people will look for different things than us regular backyard barbecuers will. Let's be honest. Most of our backyard barbecuers, we look for meat on sale. Now, we'll look for the obvious. There are some places that you may or may not have good luck with, and some people stay away from them and go to different places, and that's the great thing about having a good selection here in our great city. You're listening to Easy Does It Barbecue with Dan McDonald, owner and operator of Colorado Barbecue Outfitters. We call it Easy Does It Barbecue because I'm going to tell you the easiest way to do it. Getting back to brisket, I want to talk about trimming. Trimming is another thing that's drastically different in barbecue, in competition barbecue versus backyard barbecue. In competition, they'll take an entire brisket, and out of that entire brisket, they'll turn in a handful of slices. Now, no, they don't waste the meat. They either keep it for their family or they hand it out. Some of the competitions allow the public to come in and buy tokens, and you can go and taste test some of the competition barbecue. I'd really encourage all of you backyard barbecuers that are thinking about getting into competition to visit a competition as a spectator first and try the food. If you haven't, you are going in, you're in for quite a treat of how different it is from what you already do now. In competition, they trim 
a lot. I'm going to emphasize that word a lot. Boy, do they just really trim it down. Remember, now that meat's got to fit in a clamshell that's about eight inches wide by eight inches wide. So they're thinking size of slices. Most of us are not doing that at home. We may trim some fat off that we know may not render, but for the most part, we want to leave as much meat on there as we can to feed our family. Again, competition is generally about a few things, and that is how it looks and how that one bite tastes. As you can see, that is quite a bit different than what you're going for on your backyard pit. Next subject I want to talk about with regard to briskets and, and giving you an example of the difference between competition and backyard is injecting. In backyard, you can inject or not. It's personal choice. I'm not a big injector. I do inject my briskets at what I call the turn, and I talked about that on a previous show. It's really not necessary, and you're cooking for enjoyment. So if you find injecting your meat something that you enjoy doing and you like the outcome, then by all means, keep doing it. In competition, they're injecting quite a bit. They're going for very popular, consistent flavor profiles. Remember, one bite, that's all they've got. So they are shooting for a flavor profile that's really going to, again, wow that judge. They're looking for that next level of flavor, which we all are, but... That's hard to do on a consistent basis when you're just an average backyard barbecuer. They want to set that brisket apart from possibly 50 other teams that are competing. More than likely, you're not necessarily competing. You might have a friendly competition with your neighbor over the fence, but you just want your family and friends to be happy with the outcome of your barbecue. So many of them, again, to reiterate, will inject. I also want to point out a third way, and that's restaurant. Now, the restaurant, I think most of us realize that is very different. And the reason that is, is because restaurants are out to make money. Now, yes, competition teams are out to make money too, but restaurants have a ton of overhead they have to cover. Their goal is to get that barbecue out to you quickly, have you eat it, you leave, and another family come into that same seat. And they want that repeated all day long. They have to cut corners in order to meet that. They cannot really do traditional barbecue for the most part. Now, that's not to say there are some places out there that do. Rudy's Barbecue is one of the most popular places here in town, and they're a wonderful place to go get barbecue. It's a Texas style, but they're also a franchise. And if you've ever been over to Rudy's, a lot of times there's a line to get into that place. It's very popular. And if Rudy's took 15 hours on everything and meticulously did a bunch of stuff, that line would be three times longer than it already is. So in fairness to the restaurants, they're looking for a different outcome, and that is money. They want to make money. They want you to enjoy the food experience at their restaurant and come back. But they need to pay the bills, folks. Rubs. A rub, as I've said in previous shows, is nothing more than a spice. The most common rub out there is called the Dalmatian rub. You've all had it. That's salt and pepper. Backyard barbecue, we tend to be a little more old school. We might go with something as simple as Dalmatian rub, but most of us like more flavor profiles. That's when you come see me at Colorado Barbecue Outfitters. I have an entire wall of rubs that I sell that come from a lot of the competition teams that have developed a unique flavor profile and they want to share it with the world and they sell it and quite frankly they make money doing so they'll add things like paprika for color garlic chili powder all kinds of things will be added to different rubs and you can do that with backyard barbecue as well the beauty is you can experiment with just about anything you want 
Again, in competition, they really don't want to experiment too much. Remember, that particular judge is taking one bite. If you have some really strange flavor profile in there, you and your family might think that's unique and great, but that judge may not care for it. So competition can tend to be a little more, I don't want to say plain by any means, but they're not using a lot of experimental flavors, really. They're just going for a rich, a rich flavor that gives that pop to the judge. Competition will generally, uh, they'll sometimes wrap. Sometimes they will not wrap. At home, I think most of us like to wrap because when we do that wrapping, or also referred to as Texas Crush, we cut our cook times down. Now, we're not under the gun like a competition Uh, turn-in is. Competitions have to turn in their food at a particular time, and if there's so much as five seconds late, they're disqualified. Thankfully, we're not under that kind of stress at home, although you may have a hungry family waiting patiently for that pit master to get that food done, but we tend to wrap a lot more when we're doing backyard barbecue. Competitions will use foil Uh, Not many do wrap, but when they do, they tend to use foil because they're looking for moisture uh, more so than they are the bark, which sometimes is surprising to people. Flavor profile, as I said in Backyard, it's going to be simple. It's going to be what your family likes. You're going to figure out what your family enjoys. My family's all over the place. I've got family members that like everything to taste like cardboard. I've got two young kids who like everything so hot their eyeballs bleed. I'm more of just a savory type flavor profile. Everybody's got their own difference, and we cater to that to our family. I I can't say enough. Again, at competition, you're catering to that one judge, and you better hope that he or she really likes your flavor profile. Restaurants are going to be the most generic. They are catering to every single person that walks in that restaurant. Now, that's not to say some of the barbecue restaurants don't have unique flavor profiles, but for the most part, they're going to cater to the masses. I'm not, I'm not saying barbecue restaurants have plain food. A lot of them serve the food without sauce, unless they're trying to mask something, and they'll have their sauce on the table and allow you to apply your flavors as you see fit. If a restaurant made everything spicy coming out, they would alienate about half the population that can't do that. Competition can use some exotic flavors. However, they don't usually provide a, a, a complete outstanding flavor. It'll just be more of a savory, but they'll get into things like soy protein and sodium phosphate and autolyzed yeast extract. Some of these things we've never even heard of. Xanthan gum, disodium inosinate, and guanolate. These are some strange words, but these are types of, of items that competitions will use because it'll provide moisture or it'll provide texture. And it'll provide things to their meat that help the judges give them that high score. That's basically the main difference, folks, between competition and backyard and restaurant, for that matter. And again, to recap, backyard barbecue is what you want to make it be. You have a lot of freedom. You can make the flavor any way you want. You can make the texture any way you want. A perfect example is ribs. I would say most of the general population likes fall-off-the-bone ribs. I know I do. In a competition world, that would lose every time. Fall off the bone ribs is a cardinal sin when it comes to competition. When those judges bite in, they need to be able to get a little pull on the rib. Most of us would not like that. So that's basically, that's, that's going to wrap it up for competition versus restaurant versus backyard. They are three drastically different, as you've just heard. 
Now it's time for the Easy Does It side dish. This is a dish that's very easy to do and I want to share with you. And it's called Smoked Queso Recipe. And it's extremely simple. You can cook this on a smoker. You can cook this in your oven. You can cook it right on your grill, actually. You start off with one of the disposable aluminum pans. I start with sausage. Usually I use a sausage I make myself, but Jimmy Dean's from the store works just fine. You want about two pounds of that. Usually you have some jalapenos that are cut up, about a cup of that. Velveeta cheese. That's right. I said Velveeta cheese. It melts very easy under high heat. About two pounds of that cubed. You want a couple cans of Rotel tomatoes with green chili. It's just very simple. Minced garlic, two tablespoons, a chopped onion. Get yourself an eight ounce bag of Mexican cheese blend. You need a half a cup of either milk or beer or broth or water or any liquid of your choice that you think will taste good. Pour all of these in the aluminum pan. Pour them all in little separate piles and then put the pan in your oven or your smoker or your grill. If you got it in the smoker, use your favorite wood. I like to use apple wood when I do it because I am a fruit wood kind of person. It'll take about 30 to 45 minutes. You will want to go out about every 15 minutes and stir it. All of the ingredients will cook together and come together to make a queso. I recommend doing the smoke queso because the kiss of smoke just adds another element of flavor. It's a super quick and easy way to make something that the whole family can enjoy. That's this week's show brought to you by Colorado Barbecue Outfitters. I hope everybody enjoyed it. If you have any questions about the show or would like to share anything, reach out to me on all the social media platforms or Facebook or come on into the store or email me and we'll address those questions. Next week, we're going to have a competition barbecuer who is local come on the show and answer all of your questions about competition barbecue. That's today's episode for Easy Does It Barbecue. Remember, if it ain't easy, you're working too hard. See you next week. Thanks for listening to Easy Does It Barbecue, brought to you by Colorado Barbecue Outfitters, specializing in pellet grills, charcoal grills, electric smokers, sauces, rubs, and barbecue accessories. Online at 719BBQ.com. See you next Saturday at 1 for Easy Does It Barbecue. And listen to the podcast on Podbean. 